92 this morning. Psalm 92. I'm going to read verse number 1, but we'll actually be looking at pretty much the entire psalm this morning. Psalm 92, verse number 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. The title of the message this morning is, It is Good to Give Thanks. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We thank you, Lord, that especially during this time of the year, but certainly throughout the year, we are uh, reminded and uh, it is confirmed to us that we are to be thankful unto you and that, Lord, this is truly a good thing. And Lord, as we do think about this time of the year where uh, the world in general and certainly our country focuses on the topic of Thanksgiving, help us to not be hypocritical. Lord, help us to truly be thankful and to live a life that is uh, characterized by gratitude. And Lord, certainly help us to not be hypocritical, but that we would uh, live that way and that others would see our thankfulness and our gratefulness to you. But most of all, you would recognize that. Lord, help us today to see that it is a good thing to give thanks unto you, the Most High. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a great time of the year, isn't it? It's a great time of the year. We look forward to this time. Thursday is officially Thanksgiving. Now, from the beginning of our nation, Thanksgiving has always been a part of our national fabric. From the very first Thanksgiving, celebrated in 1619 at Berkeley Plantation in the Virginia Colony, on to 1621 when the Pilgrims had a three-day feast celebrating their first harvest, then into the American Revolution, through the Civil War when President Lincoln in 1863 proclaimed a day of thanksgiving and called for prayer and thanksgiving for the entire nation, finally to 1941 when Congress set forth the fourth Thursday of November as thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has been a part of our national fabric. Our nation has been careful to ensure that the giving of thanks was a focus. It is indeed a good thing to give thanks. Now the author of the 92nd Psalm, and again I said we'll be looking at pretty much the entirety of the Psalm. We looked, just read the first verse to set the tone. The author of the 92nd Psalm is not known, but whoever it was, that person wanted to stress this. It is a good thing to give thanks. Read verse number 1 again. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks. But why? Why is it a good thing to give thanks? Well, we want to answer that this morning. And I want us to uh, focus our attention on four reasons. And there would obviously be more reasons, but we want to limit our study today to four reasons why it is a good thing to give thanks. First of all, it's a good thing to give thanks because it is commanded by God. Secondly, it's a good thing to give thanks because it contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. It's a good thing to give thanks because it conveys honor to God as the source of all of our blessings. And fourthly and finally, it's a good thing to give thanks because it contributes to a healthy and blessed life. 
four reasons why it's a good thing to give thanks. Let's notice the first reason. Why should we give thanks? Well, that's obvious. It is commanded by God. God commands us throughout the entirety of Scripture to give thanks. Do you know that obedience is a good reason to do anything? Obedience is certainly a good reason to give thanks. Now, as we think about the commandments of God to give thanks, we must remember what it is to properly give thanks. You can't can't evaluate and see whether or not you're living a thankful life and that you're giving thanks to God if you don't really understand what it is to give thanks. And it seems like, well, that's a pretty simple thing. We should know what thankfulness is. But I I don't believe that that's true. I don't believe that we know what thankfulness is all the time. In fact, if you were to look at our nation today, you know, there would be people that say that they're thankful, and yet they complain about everything. Is that not true? It is true. So thankfulness again. What is thankfulness? I like to give working definitions. Okay, not some pie-in-the-sky theological definition. We, it's, good, it's important to go through those, but it's also important to bring it down to our level where we can uh, grasp in a practical way what we're talking about. I try to do that in pretty much all the messages and all the sermons. Thankfulness. Thankfulness is this. It is a response of gratitude. A response of gratitude from a heart that recognizes the goodness and grace of God in all of life. It is a response of gratitude from a heart that recognizes the goodness and grace of God in all of life. Now, in order for us to be thankful, first of all, this first reason why we ought to be thankful is we have to understand that God expects it of us. It is commanded by God. Not only do we remember what what it is to properly give thanks, but we must respond to the precepts of God's Word as it relates to giving thanks. And what I mean by this is that there are multiple areas of our lives, and you know, it's one thing to be very generic. Well, God commands us to give thanks. But how does He do that? He pretty much touches on every area of our lives. Do you know that God commands us to give thanks in our public worship? Now, you're here this morning. Are you really thankful? Is this a chore for you to be here? Or did you want to be here? Do you want to be here? We are to be thankful, and we are commanded to give thanks in public worship. Now, do you understand what Psalms 92 is all about? Psalm 92, literally, and uh, I'm sure you have this inscription in your Bible, under the, uh, the announcement of Psalm 92, it reads, A psalm or song for the Sabbath day. This literally was a psalm that was to be read and sung as a part of Sabbath day worship. And you remember in the Old Testament, uh, the, the people of God served God on the Sabbath day, right? And that Sabbath day was the day that they were to set aside to commemorate all that God had done for them and to be thankful to God and praise God. Psalms 92 is all about this Sabbath day worship. The Lord gives us instruction in Psalm 100 and verse number 4, where we are commanded to be 
thankful and to give thanks to God in our public worship. In Psalms 100 and verse number 4, the Bible reads, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. So we're talking about why we are to give thanks. Why is it a good thing to give thanks? The first reason is that it is commanded by God. We're to respond to the precepts of God's Word as it relates to giving thanks. First of all, we are commanded to give thanks in public worship. We are secondly commanded to give thanks in praise. This is one of the ways in which we express our gratitude and thankfulness to God. Now, look at Psalm 92. We've only read verse number 1 so far, but now I want to read down to verse number 3. Psalm 92, verse number 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, now watch, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. Do you note how that God says that we are to show our thanksgiving to Him? We are commanded to give thanksgiving in praise. We are to sing praises unto the Lord, showing forth our thankfulness. And notice in verse number 2, it is not to be a once in a while thing. Oh, well, here it is. The It's, it's almost Thanksgiving. It's almost officially Thanksgiving. And so i got to remember to be thankful. Notice the psalmist writes that we are to show forth the Lord's loving kindness in the morning and His faithfulness every night. We are to lead lives that are marked or characterized by thankfulness. We are commanded of God to be thankful in praise. Now, you're familiar with these verses in the New Testament, specifically in Ephesians chapter number 5, verses 19 and 20. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, and we'll get to these in our study of Ephesians eventually in chapter number 5. We're, we're looking at chapter 5 right now uh, on Wednesday nights. But notice in, in Ephesians 5 verses 19 and 20, Paul writes to the church members of the church at Ephesus, he writes, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what's the context of what Paul writes in verse number 20 of Ephesians 5, giving thanks always for all things? It is the context of praise. It is the context of speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So we are commanded by the Lord to give thanks in public worship and praise. Paul further wrote in the book of Hebrews about how that this is to take place by the use of our lips, by our mouths, by our tongues. In Hebrews 13 and verse number 18, Paul writes, By Him, and that is by the Lord Jesus Christ, By Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, and there it is again, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. We are commanded of God to give thanks in praise. We are commanded thirdly of God to give praise or to give thanks in prayer. In prayer. Our prayers are to be marked by thankfulness. It is a good thing to give thanks to God in prayer. You know, I think that this is probably one of the areas that we should check up on ourselves. 
we ask God for a lot, do we not? We do. I mean, in fact, we should we should go to God uh, with all of our petitions and supplications. But you know, part of that that we're not supposed to forget is to be thankful to God in prayer. In Philippians chapter four and verse number six, Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and he wrote, "Be careful for nothing." Put in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And so again, it's a commandment that Paul is giving of the Lord that we are to be thankful in our prayer life. We are to be thankful, fourthly, in the performance of our duties. And when I say the performance of our duties, I mean that whatever it is that you have to do or say... It is to be marked and expressed by gratitude and thankfulness. Colossians 3, verse number 17. Colossians 3, verse number 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So whatever it is that we do, there isn't any area or condition or circumstance in our lives in which we are not to render thanks unto the Lord. We are to we are to be thankful. It is a good thing to be thankful. It is good to give thanks. And then lastly, we're talking about how that we're supposed to give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks. First of all, because we are commanded by God to give thanks. And, and notice we are commanded by God to give thanks in practical aspects of our life. In practical aspects. This kind of this kind of uh, uh, piggybacks on what we piggybacks on what we just mentioned in uh, uh, the performance of our duties in reading Colossians chapter three and verse number seventeen, where whatever it is that we do in word or deed, we're to be giving thanks to God. But here we refer to First Thessalonians chapter five and verse number eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse number eighteen, where we have this command of the Lord by the apostle Paul in writing to the church at Ephesus: In everything, give thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's purpose. It is His will that we give thanks. We are commanded to give thanks. And so, so why is it a good thing to give thanks? Because we are commanded to give thanks by God. Now, I want to I say this before we move on to our second reason why it's good to give thanks. To give thanks because... God commands us is a good thing. But it's not the best reason. In other words, you do a lot of what you do because you have to, right? I mean, you get up and go to work because you have to go to work. I mean, I don't think there's anybody here that, that says, uh, you know, if I if I had enough to sustain me and uh, and I didn't have to get up at a certain time every morning to go to work, I... I I would do that. Maybe we'd say, well, I do want to work, but I want to choose the terms in which I work, and I'll go to work when I'm ready, and I, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. You do a lot of what you do out of obedience to the Lord, and that's right, and that's proper. You come to the house of the Lord because we're supposed to come to the house of the Lord. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We, we, we give to the Lord through the local church. We're commanded to do so. We do so out of obedience. But is obedience the, the, the best reason? In other words, if I were to ask you, okay, those of you that are married, are you faithful to your spouse? And you say, yes, uh, well, why? Because I have to be. Now look, you do have to be. 
I mean, that's the commandment of God, right? I mean, we should be we should be faithful because we are commanded to be. But is that the only reason? Is that the best reason? Is there not some love and affection that's involved in that faithfulness? And so you see the point that I'm driving at. I have to mention that we are to give thanks to God, and it is a good thing to give thanks to God because we're commanded, but that should not be the only reason, and it's not the best reason why we're to give thanks. It's good to give thanks, secondly, because giving thanks contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. Simply put, it is good to give thanks because of all that God has done for us. Now, the following verses, we've already read up to verse number 3 in in Psalms 92. The following verses, verses 4 through 15, these verses serve as somewhat of a summary of the blessings that God heaps or loads or bestows upon His children. And I want you to think this morning about the fact that we have so much to be thankful for. Now, there's a lot that's wrong with this country. There can be a lot that is wrong in our personal lives, but we have so much to be thankful for. It's good to give thanks to God because it it contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. Now, I want you to notice, and I mentioned here that Psalm 92 verses 4 through 15 serve as somewhat of a summary of the blessings of God in our lives. And I want you to see in verses 4 through 6 the greatness of God's work. In verses 4 through 6, the greatness of God's works. In other words, God doesn't just give us a few blessings. As Psalm 68 reads, He daily loads us with benefits. I want us to notice the great, the greatness of God's works. Look at verse 4. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works! And thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth the fool understand this. Do you know what the psalmist is saying here? Literally, uh, and I'm just going to use the the meaning of the uh, Hebrew word brutish to explain this, a stupid person. That's what the word brutish means in verse 6. A stupid person doesn't understand, contemplate, or commemorate the blessings of God. A stupid person, a brutish person, as mentioned in verse number 6, does not even think about the blessings of God, and that person is not thankful. In fact, if you were to go to... We're not going to do this right now, this morning, but if you were to go to Romans chapter number 1, how is the reprobate described in somewhere around verse number 18 through the end of the chapter in Romans chapter 1? How is the reprobate described? Well, one of the ways is that they're unthankful. They, they recognize God's work in creation. The fool says in his heart there is no God, but he knows that there's a God. This world didn't just, you know, have a big bang and then it formed. You don't get order out of chaos, right? And so the, the fool, the reprobate knows in his heart that there's a God, but when they, knew, when they know and recognize the existence and presence of God, they don't, they don't thank God. They're unthankful. You and I should not be unthankful. Why? Because of the greatness of God's works. He has has blessed us exponentially. And if you were to just take a moment and think about all of the ways that God has blessed you today, think about all of the material ways. 
Think about all the physical ways. Think about family and friends and people that He's put in your lives. Think about all the spiritual blessings. Have you ever thought about this? When you thank God spiritually that the Father chose me before the foundation of the world, and He sent Christ to die for my sins, and He sent the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God effectual. He put me in a place where at some point I would hear the preaching or I would read the, the Gospel in a tract or whatever the case may be. And when He saved me, He gave me His Word that, that would you be a force to keep me in line and to cleanse my way according to Psalm 119. And then He, then he established the New Testament church and He gave us pastors and teachers whereby we would, could, could be taught the Word of God and we could fellowship one with another. He put the Holy Spirit within us to guide us and, and lead us in our life here. God gave us and does give us all that we need and more than we need here on this earth. His blessings are great. And so, thankfulness is good because it contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. We see the greatness of God's works in verses 4 through 6, but then notice verses 7 11, we see the 7 through 11, we see the springing grass of the wicked. This is also a blessing to us. And you say, wait a minute, how is this a blessing? Well, watch with me. Notice the springing grass of the wicked. First of all, we see their temporary prosperity in verse number 7. This is a blessing to the child of God to recognize the what, what the psalmist is writing, and it is in complete uniformity with what God mentions in the rest of His Word as it relates to the temporary prosperity of the wicked. Notice verse number 7. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish. You say, well, how is this a blessing to the child of God? It's a blessing to the child of God for you to understand that here on this earth, the wicked are going to appear as though they are they are flourishing, and and in this earth and in this in this secular society in which we live, they may well be. I mean, is anybody here going to argue that Bill Gates is not really rich in this world's wealth? And so we look at that, and we might be brought as Asaph was in Psalm seventy three to be distressed about the condition. Like, why am I? Why am I? honoring God and it seems like I struggle with finances or I struggle with this or that. Well, why is God blessing the the wicked? Notice that it is that they are as springing grass and what happens to springing grass? <coughs> Eventually it gets cut down. And sometimes it's very swift. In Psalm 37 and verse number 2, uh, the Bible reads, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Notice the psalmist in Psalm 92 points this out in the next part of verse number 7. He says, It is that they shall be destroyed forever. Do you understand the blessing of the Lord is to know and understand the plight of the wicked. To know and, and perceive that, that those that, that shake their fist in the face of God Though they might appear to prosper here on this earth, it is a temporary prosperity because guess what? There is a permanent terror that is coming to them. In verse number 7 it says, It is that they shall be destroyed forever. And then notice as we're talking about how we contemplate and commemorate God's blessings, the greatness of God's works and the springing grass of the wicked. Notice, notice lastly as we talk about the springing grass of the wicked, the triumph of the Lord and the righteous over their enemies. This is a blessing of God that you 
will triumph over your enemies. Notice verse number 8. We're going to come back to verse number 8 in another, another reason here momentarily, but notice here we read it. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that shall ri- that rise up against me. The psalmist is literally saying that this is the blessing of God. That God will give victory and triumph to the Lord Himself and also to the righteous as we prevail over our enemies. Is that not a blessing? Is that not something to be thankful for today? God doesn't vacate His throne. As is mentioned in verse number 8, He is the Most High forevermore. And He rules here, as we discussed a few weeks ago out of the book of Daniel, He rules here on earth over the affairs of men. God will bring it to pass. And so we see the greatness of God's works in verses 4 through 6, the springing grass of the wicked in verses 7 through 11. And then lastly, as we think about this second reason it's good to give thanks, that it contemplates and commemorates God's blessings, we see the growing plant of the righteous. The growing plant of the righteous. In other words, all of our days here on this earth, God is going to bless. And God is going to increase His blessings upon us. And you say, well, it doesn't seem that way to me. Well, maybe not physically, or, or maybe not you know, health-wise, or maybe not materially. Maybe God doesn't bless you that way, but spiritually, God will bless you. God will continue to bless His people. Now watch verses 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree... He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, all of you have seen palm trees. And, uh, in fact, uh, it, it's our intent, Darlene and I, it's our intent in January for our 40th wedding anniversary. We're going back to Hawaii, Lord willing, and uh, we're going we're to see some palm trees there. And you know those palm trees are very tall, and you see those, those leaves on those trees branch out, and they can provide shade, and it's just a, it's just a majestic work of God's uh, uh, greatness and handiwork to observe. God makes those. And the righteous is as the palm tree. We grow up as a cedar in Lebanon. And if you want to be blessed on that, look up uh, all the applications that can be made uh, between the righteous and the cedar trees of Lebanon. And it's not our purpose to go into all of that this morning, but it's amazing. And then notice verse number 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You know, one of the ways that we're blessed uh, forevermore here on this earth and then eternally with God is to be in His presence. And how do, we, how do we experience the presence of God here on this earth? It is in His house. We are planted in the house of the Lord and we flourish in the courts of our God. And then look at verse number 14 that speaks about how the, uh, the entirety of our life will be marked by the blessings of God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, that doesn't give you the right to go to Golden Corral and eat as much as you want. Okay, That's not the kind of fat that he's writing about. He's talking about how that we will be so blessed that it will, just, it will permeate every area of our lives. We will bring forth fruit. We're talking in the 
Sunday afternoon lessons on getting to know the Holy Spirit about the spiritual fruit. Today we'll be looking at the spiritual fruit of meekness. We will still bring forth fruit in old age. And then verse 15, to show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. This deals with These verses here deal with the growing plant of the righteous. We are blessed of God. And why is it good to give thanks? Because it contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. There's a third reason why it's good to give thanks. Because giving thanks conveys honor to God as the source of all blessings. It conveys honor to God as the source. Why is it good? Because God is good. And God is deserving of our gratitude and of our thanks. We give thanks to God not just for what He does, but we give thanks to God for who He is. And I believe that sometimes we can get caught up in, well, I need this and i got to have that, and we pray to God and we view God as somehow He's just like a vending machine. Uh, that we, you know, we insert our prayer and we pull the lever and we get what we need and what we want. God is not just a vending machine for the child of God. We don't, we don't thank God just because of what He does, but we thank God for who He is. Now, as we think about giving thanks as a good thing, and it's a good, it's good to give thanks. It's good because it conveys honor to God as the source of all blessings. And what we are doing in this giving of thanks is we are saluting His command. He's the commander. Now, we have a military background, do we not? Our commander, as a commissioned officer, while we're in the military, what do we do when we see our commander outdoors? We salute. What do we do when we report to the commander's office indoors? We report, we come to attention, we salute. It is a sign of respect. And so giving of thanks and honor of God as a source of all our blessings salutes His command. It is a sign of respect unto the Lord. We understand who He is. And the problem with a lot of the Lord's people today is that they don't remember who He is. He has now just become some distant being who doesn't really have a concern in their lives and he's just there to give them what they need and we've talked about this before what do you think of a child that only approaches you when they need something look at psalm 92 verse number one where we started out it is a good thing to give thanks unto the lord unto the lord it is a good thing to give thanks unto jehovah the self-existent one. The one who needs no one else in order to exist. And then notice further in verse number 1. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. We looked at the phrase Most High a few weeks back when we preached out of the book of Daniel. And that portion of scripture that we looked at in Daniel chapter number 4 and 5 was written in Aramaic. This is actually Hebrew. And this, this, this uh, wording here, almost high, it is the Hebrew name of Elion for the Lord. And it literally means supreme. Supreme in all and overall. Supreme commander over all 
and He's supreme in all things. And then notice verse number 8. We alluded to this a little bit earlier. We said we come back to it. But Thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. There's not a time in which the Lord will not be Elion most high. And then verse number 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. He's God with a capital G. He's not as one of the idols that man makes that has hands but cannot feel or touch, that has eyes and cannot see, that has ears but cannot hear. He is a living, breathing God. He is the Most High Jehovah God Almighty. And when we are careful to give thanks to God, it is good to give thanks because it conveys honor to God as the source of all blessings. We are saluting His command. And secondly, in conveying honor to God as the source of all blessings, we are spotlighting His character. Who is God? I don't know if you remember, but a number of years ago we did a study on the attributes of God. We we broke our study down into 12 different categories of God's attributes that encompass 17 specific attributes or what we would refer to as characteristics. We've talked about this many times through the years here. Your character is who you are. Your conduct is what, what you do. Now, we thank God for what He does. But we thank God for who He is. And He does what He does because He is who He is. Now think about how it, it's true that when we convey honor to God as the source of all blessings, we are spotlighting His character, who He is. Look at verse number 2 of Psalm 92. To show forth that spotlighting, to spotlight Thy loving kindness in the morning and Thy faithfulness every night. God is loving to His people. In fact, the reality is, that it, there's a sense in which God is loving to all. The, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God blesses the unsaved reprobate farmer just like He blesses the saved farmer who gives God the honor and glory. God, through His loving kindness, according to the book of Jeremiah, has drawn us to Him. And He is faithful. Aren't you glad this morning that God is faithful? That's a blessing that we can thank God for, that He is faithful, that when He says it, it is true. We can count on it. If it is in the Word of God, it is reality. It is true, whether you accept it as such or not. God is faithful. And then notice in verse number 15, to show, there it is again, we're spotlighting the character of God, to show that the Lord is upright. What is the preeminent attribute of God? It's His holiness. It drives who He is. Because He is holy, everything that He does is right. He is upright. He is my rock. And then notice, there's no unrighteousness in Him. You know, in us, there's much unrighteousness. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We are unrighteous in and of ourselves. Now, in Christ Jesus, who has become our righteousness, we can have His imputed righteousness, His righteousness attributed to us, such that God sees us and deals with us as righteous, 
But in and of ourselves, we are not righteous. There is much unrighteousness in us. Not with God. This is who He is. There is no unrighteousness in Him. And because of His character, it's good to give thanks. Do you know this? And, and, I, and, I, and I, would, I would venture to say, unless something's drastically wrong, that, and, and most of us here, you know, our, our father's no longer here on this earth, our earthly father. But did you want to please your father? I mean, I don't know that there's anybody that says, well, there are, but, you know, it's not, again, it's not a right relationship. You know, I don't think anybody that knows the Lord and wants to please the Lord and, and has an earthly father, I don't think anybody says, you know, I want to figure out how I can upset my father. Yes, Lauren's raising her hand, and that, that goes without saying. You want to please your father. I mean, you know, even all the years that, that I was a reprobate before the Lord saved me, and, and frankly, my dad, my dad was an ungodly man, and he was not saved, and even all through those years, I still wanted to please my father. There's something inbred in us that we want to please our father. Do you know that the giving of thanks pleases our heavenly father think about it uh we're all fathers the men that are here we're all fathers does it not please you when your children show thankfulness to you you do what you do and man listen we uh and i am not here to play my little violin this morning but as fathers we sacrifice a lot i'm not going to allow the woke generation to somehow you misplay and downplay the contributions of a father. Godly father sacrifices much. And to hear the children express some gratitude is pleasing, is it not? How much more so with our heavenly father? It is good to give thanks. It conveys honor to God as the source of all blessings. It is pleasing to him. Let me prove it to you. Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31. Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. God is not pleased as much with a sacrifice that the saint of God would literally offer in the tabernacle or the temple where that beast would be killed and in that bullock that would have horns and hoofs and it would be sacrificed whether it be the peace offering or the the sin offering or the trespass offering or or the burnt offering and that 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 smell of that burnt offering the 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 fragrance of that would rise to the nostrils of God and it would be a sweet-smelling savor. That was pleasing to God. But you know what's more pleasing? When His children are thankful to Him. This pleases the Lord better than an ox or bullock that it hath horns and hoofs. William Ames lived from 1576 to 1633. He wrote a work entitled Medulla Theologica in the Latin. And, and he wrote this. Giving of thanks is more noble and perfect in itself than petition. 
Because in petition, often our own good is eyed and regarded. But in giving of thanks, only God's honor. Now, a subordinate end of petition is to receive some good from God. But the sole end of thanks is to give glory unto God. And that is our duty as man. And I say this, it is more than our duty, it is our privilege to give thanks to God. There's a fourth and final reason, and I'll just mention this briefly. It is good to give thanks to God because it contributes to a healthy and blessed life. A healthy and blessed life. It is well established that those who are thankful are generally happy people. We preached on true happiness a number of weeks ago. So I won't go into all that's involved with that. But thankfulness aids our spiritual, our physical, our mental, our emotional health. It's just a reality. It's a reality. In fact, of all the places that I could give you evidence this morning, I I want to point to a place that you might not think of. That's Harvard Medical School. Harvard Medical School, in August of 2021, published an article in their uh, journal entitled, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. Of all places, Harvard. Giving thanks can make you happier. Here's what was written in the article. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. It's a no-brainer that people that are thankful are generally more healthy and blessed in this life. And think about how that that is exponentially true. For those that are, that are thankful to the giver of all blessings and who Himself is the ultimate blessing, God Almighty. Why is it good to give thanks? Because it contributes to a healthy and blessed life. Brother Charles Spurgeon wrote, It is good ethically to give thanks, for it is the Lord's right. In other words, we render honor to the Lord as the source of all our blessings. But then, Spurgeon wrote, It is good emotionally, for it is pleasant to the heart. You want to talk about a guy that had some issues? Spurgeon had some issues. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, you know he battled with depression, had some issues, and Spurgeon himself knew that thankfulness is good emotionally now look at look at verse number four again in psalm 92 verse number four for thou lord has made me glad through thy work i will triumph in the works of thy hands the psalmist is focusing he is he is contemplating and commemorating the blessings of god and what was the effect it made him glad and then notice verse number 13 and verse number 14 Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That's a happy person. That's a person that recognizes the blessings of God and who God is. I submit to you that it is better for you in life to be thankful unto God than to go around 
miserable about all that you don't have. Gratitude goes a long way. I'm going to conclude by saying again, for I don't know how the what how many times I've said this during the message, it is good to give thanks. Why? It's commanded by God. It contemplates and commemorates God's blessings. It conveys honor to God as the source of all blessings. And it contributes to a healthy and blessed life. Now this Thursday, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I hope you get to enjoy family. I hope you get to enjoy some food. Not too much though, remember. No gluttony, right? You can enjoy a little bit. Put that uh, pumpkin pie down. And uh, I'm kidding about that. Have your stuff, okay? Have your stuff. Enjoy your family. Have some fun. Watch some football if you want to. Whatever it is that you're going to do. But one thing you should do is this. Give thanks to God. It's good to give thanks unto the Lord, the Most High. Let's pray.